0: This is my dream. This is all my eggs in one basket. This is who I am. This is my drive. I want
1: to be one of the best. CCR 71, August 3rd, 2009. This edition of Cat Crave Radio is brought to you by FantasyCPR.com. Fantasy football season is here. Prepare to dominate your league at FantasyCPR.com. Welcome to Cat Crave Radio. Coming up in this episode. We come to you from Spartanburg, South Carolina at the Carolina Panthers training camp. Ross Tucker of SI.com and Sirius Satellite Radio will join us and we'll have an exclusive interview with Chris Gamble. Now, here is your host for CCR, John White.
2: Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Cat Crave Radio. As you heard the announcer man say at the top of the show, we are coming to you this week from Spartanburg, South Carolina, and Wofford College, the home of the Carolina Panthers training camp. And, of course, there's big news coming out of the 2009 training camp this week. Of course, we're talking about chemo, also known as Ma'aki Kimoyatu, and his injury. We talked to the big man about the injury.
3: Um, it's Achilles. I got to get um, a surgery on it. So I'll be surgery uh, tomorrow morning. And uh, we'll take it from there after that.
4: Have they told you you're going on IR yet? No, not yet.
3: Uh, they haven't told me that yet. Uh, right now, we're just going off for the surgery uh, tomorrow morning, and uh, trying to see—you know—they're going to get in there and try to fix it up and see how long it will take for me to come back.
5: What are, are they telling you about, about time frame?
3: Um, time frame—it's um, going to be—it's going to be a couple of couple of weeks, might be months, but we're not sure yet. Um, after the surgery, I'm going to be off of it for probably like four weeks. They were telling me, so um, we're going to see from there. Maybe I will make it back for the playoffs, or make it back for you know the last month of
2: the season. But we're not sure yet. Coach Fox gave us an update on Wednesday.
6: Uh, he's having surgery. You mean like how? Yeah. So nothing the First surgery. He's a little nervous, but he'll be fine.
5: Got as far as getting somebody in to just to fill a spot at uh, where are you. Um. Well,
6: we're kind of where we were yesterday. Uh, in transition, we'll keep you posted. Um, we'll, you know, we'll have something here hopefully fairly soon. Do you expect somebody to be actually at practice afternoon? Um, again, um, you know, we're doing the process, and I can't predict how it's going to win. when. Uh, Eventually it'll happen.
2: There was an update on Wednesday afternoon as well. The team did sign a defensive tackle. His name is Charles Hippolyte, who was recently released by the Jaguars. He had played his college ball at the University of Colorado. You know, all the news didn't revolve around the loss of chemo, however. Jake DeLome stopped by to speak to us and was in good spirits, including this really good-natured exchange.
4: DeAngelo's been lobbying to throw the football. Have you had a chance to work with him on his passing game? No, I need to work on mine. you got to understand, last game I played, I (laughs) I don't know if I need to teach anybody how to throw. Uh, No, it's, uh, who who knows, maybe we'll put one in. But all running backs think they can throw, and certainly... uh, all quarterbacks deep down inside, they think they can run. So it's a uh, it's a give and take. Can't How he can long run? ago did you deliver, give the, up on that one? On what running? Yeah. Oh no, i I was just hidden. We just hadn't done it yet. We just been waiting. <laughs> can he throw just? Uh, I think I think everybody they can all throw, but can <laughs> you throw when you're, you know, you're running and moving? I mean that's a that's a different baby. It's a lot easier to just you know drop back and throw the football, but with somebody coming at you. Uh, just ask Steve Smith. Steve Smith's a very good thrower and thrower on the run. Um, and he got hit uh, in Green Bay a few years back uh, on a Monday night, and he sliced his arm open uh, on a helmet. And he looked at me and I said, you see what it's like trying to throw you a football and get hit? This is what it's like. So uh, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's extreme talent, let me tell you.
2: <laughs> Later, when we had the opportunity to come face-to-face with Steve Smith on Wednesday afternoon, I threw him a question.
7: Steve, the team seems really loose this year. Everybody seems very upbeat, very outgoing. Do you think that bodes well for the season?
0: Uh, I think I think that has no bearing on the first game against Philadelphia.
7: And the attitude of the team, I mean, kind of a swagger.
0: No, I, I, I would say um, I think it's great for camp, but, uh, you know, you can – you know, as a dad, you can think your be- your kids the best until you get them out there with other kids, and then you start to realize you may have to go back in the backyard and work on it a little bit more. You know, so I, I, I really don't, you know, put too much into, you know, how's the swagger of camp, because camp is such a grind, you're just trying to get through it, you know, practice by practice.
2: Of course, coming into this camp, much of the attention was on Julius Peppers. Jordan Gross had these thoughts on number 90.
5: Jordan, you're back at it. Uh... Julius, today, How's yeah. the, how do you look out there? You know, first time back. Uh, he's big. Um, <laughs> that stinks when you're going to somebody that's bigger, stronger, and faster than you are. But uh, he, he's great. I'm glad he's back. You know, I think that says a lot about what he wants to do this year. That he didn't sit out of camp. I asked him. I said, "Man, you're crazy. Why are you back already?" You know, and because I did the same thing last year. And I said, "Well, I got knock the dust off, and I, that's what we're doing right now, and that's what everybody's doing, and uh, it's, it's good for me and good for our whole team that he's around right now." Uh, he it's never easy with him Um, we're we're so early into it it's hard to tell but he's just got the great speed and quickness and I always say and I'll continue to say he's the best athlete you'll see in the league yeah that'll be a story till he retires so I mean there's there's definitely no drop-off in him from not being around this offseason.
2: of course depth will be an issue during this camp as will age when I caught up to Masin Muhammad I had the chance to ask the ageless wonder about that issue.
7: You got a young team, but still, here are your two, your starting wide receivers. Smitty just turned 30. Uh, you're in your 30s now. You know, we won't mention the age, but I mean, it's not like, and I mean, in this, that's not old. But in this sport, you know, they're always talking about age. But you guys still seem to keep, you know, you seem to keep going. How are you feeling despite the age? I mean. You ready to prove the critics wrong about the whole age thing?
8: You know, I just continue to, to do what I do every season and uh, continue to work. Um, uh, obviously, you know, the numbers in the years are starting to pile up and, and eventually they, they start to go against you. But, uh, you know, I've been fighting Mother Nature pretty good here and uh, Father Time too. So, um, you know, the team I think has a very good mix of, of veterans and, and young players. Um, which you want to see. you got to have some experience. you got to have playoff experience. Um, and you you, you got to have some good young talent also. I think we have a good mix here.
2: Finally, I had a rare opportunity to speak to Chris Gamble with no interference from any other members of the press. What we present to you here is an uncut version of that conversation.
7: Joined now by uh, Mr. Chris Gamble. Chris, thanks for joining us, man. Oh, no, thanks for having me, man. Okay, I gotta ask you. First things first. I was watching out there today, um, first day, first Mm -hmm. session. You got new defensive coaches Mm -hmm. on Meeks um, with a whole new philosophy. Uh, You got the philosophy and the playbook. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about the new, the new attitude, the new energy? I mean, those guys seem to be really, really intense. What's the change between last year and this year? I mean, it's just, you know, meets is
3: know old-school big coordinator, so uh, he's going to be on you every play, you know, every second. So, I mean, last year we didn't really have a lot of that, you know. But uh, this year, you know, he's just going to be hard on you, anybody, you know, me, pal, Chris Harris, anybody. So he just tells you the little things, runs to the ball. He always emphasizes on that. You know, it's just something new for us, and um, I think it's going to help us this year.
7: And watching you out there, too, I mean, you've got, like, the king of, or one of the kings of, of blocking, especially at wide receiver. Yeah. You got Moose out there. Um, I mean, are you kind of on a, you keep your head on a swivel watching for this guy? Yeah,
3: yeah. You have to. You know, Moose is a, a veteran guy. You know, he loves to block. You know, that's one of his specialties. So, you just got to watch out for that. You know, you know, just, you know, stay focused because he's going to block you and be aggressive with you. So, he got to be ready for it.
7: And I, I mentioned change earlier, <laughs> and one other major change is this year, mm-hmm. no Ken Lucas. Yeah. Um, you had Your teammate out there always lined up across from you. And I guess you kind of get used to that. You probably look yeah. like a security blanket. How's it changed between then and you know having Richard Marshall over across I mean, just having
3: those two guys is uh, you know just feel like all, we always be out there at the same time. So just seeing Ken Lucas over, there, just you know that was my boy or whatever. But you know everything <laughs> happens for a reason. Uh, you know I wish him the best, but you know uh, I'm gonna miss him while he's gone. But you know it's time for Richard to step in. You know he has a chip on his shoulder, and I know he's gonna do well. And I'm just looking forward
7: for him to have a good year. Okay, the schedule. Everybody's talking mm-hmm. about it. They're like, man, you know, you yeah. got the supposed to be the second toughest schedule in the league. Are you looking forward to that? Or are you looking forward to just a challenge week in and week out? Yeah,
3: that's what I like. Challenges, man. You know, I want
7: people to see us going against the, the best
3: teams out there. And um, you know, if we step to the challenge and do what we got to do, uh, a lot of people are gonna give us respect. And um, you know, I just feel like every week, man, is gonna be a hard game. So we just gotta grind it out in practice.
7: You know, just be ready for the test. And honestly, is there a game anywhere on that schedule? That you've got circled in red ink. I mean, is there one that you've? Man, it's just every game from the
3: yeah. preseason to yeah. down on the line, man. just every game is going to be hard and it's going to be competitive and,
7: you know, it's going to be a hard fought game. Well, Chris, I do appreciate you taking time to talk to us, man. Best of luck this season. All right, thank you. Man.
1: There's more Cat Crave Radio coming up. <laughs> The Fansided.com Sports Network. You play to win the game. Where diehard fans dish out non-stop news and views on their favorite teams. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Fandom has no off-season. So he sucks you guys right in. So consider yourself sucked. Neither do we.
7: Now, if you want to crown them, then crown them. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook.
1: Fansided.com. The number one pro sports blog network on the internet. This show exists for the fans of the Carolina Panthers. Tell us what you think by sending us an email at catcraveradio at gmail.com. That's catcraveradio at gmail.com. Now, the Crave continues. We are joined now by the
2: media legend, Ross Tucker. Ross, of course, is a, uh, an SI.com contributor. He's a radio host over on uh, Sirius Satellite Radio, and he's also the operator at uh, GoBigRecruiting.com. Ross, thanks for joining us.
9: Yeah, anytime, John. I love coming on Cat Crave. I think it's uh, a real good thing you guys have developed there.
2: Well, Ross, i got to start with this. The, the, the money thing, it, it seems to be... And, and this is quietly, it's still bubbling under the surface for some reason. The CBA is still out there. There's the possibility for a lockout. Um, the uncapped year is coming. And something you'd written about the Packers that just, it it struck me kind of, uh, well, actually, this this looked like a big thing because of the way they're staying just above the, the salary cap floor or the minimum and posting these big profits. Um, they're not really... I mean, the Packers don't seem to be serious Super Bowl contenders, but if you compare them to the the Packers or the uh, the Panthers, Panthers are spending big, and, and I'm wondering this frugality. Let's say they're being really frugal with their money. Could that impact the competitive balance if other teams follow suit with them in order to post those profits?
9: Well, there's a lot of teams at this point that are hovering around the floor. As a matter of fact, John, there are people still below the floor right now, which is interesting because as far as the salary cap is concerned, you don't really have to meet that number until the end of the season. So it doesn't really make sense when you think about it, because you have to be underneath the cap by week one, but you don't have to be above the floor, which is one reason why we've seen the Green Bay Packers extend the contacts of guys like Aaron Rodgers during the season. One of the reasons why they're doing that is to reach the floor. So I don't have a problem, personally, with Ted Thompson's strategy in terms of running his football team my point was in that article was the fact that the packers have been relatively low in terms of player costs makes them show as the only public league, public company in the national football league a larger profit than maybe they otherwise would if they had been putting more money into player expenditures
2: it was something else that you wrote that and this was an eye-opener um, maybe I, you know, maybe I fit in there, maybe I don't, but you're talking to the players about the broadcasters, um, especially former player broadcasters, like your guys like that, who are out there now as part of the media. Um, do you think, I mean, as a former player and as a broadcaster, and I'd have to kind of throw the question back at you, who is one fellow broadcaster who you'd say you admire and maybe even one you sort of wish would just stay at home?
9: Uh, well, the guy I like the most, um, a couple of them, is Ron Jaworski. Now, Ron has sort of a built in advantage because he works for NFL Films on that NFL matchup show Sunday morning. So he's there in New Jersey and he has access to the coaches' tape all week, every week. Uh, that's something that a lot of the guys don't get. So that's why Jaws always knows his stuff, and he always just speaks very confidently. I also like Tim Ryan. He's a colleague of mine at Sirius NFL Radio. He does a fantastic job for Fox as a game analyst. And again, John, it goes back to this, that he's a guy that studies it every single week. I mean, if you're going to be on Sirius NFL Radio, which is 24-7, 365 NFL channel, you have to know it. You have to know the minutia of the Nickelback for the Falcons or this. Nobody studies it as much as those two guys and I think that's one reason why they've been as successful as they have been. You know, nobody really stands out when I think about it negatively. Obviously, you know, Emmitt had his time that was not real good for ESPN. I guess... For me, I don't understand the thought process in hiring big-name guys if they're not going to do the preparation or the work to really say something meaningful. I mean, I think I would think the fans are smart enough to know that after you get a, a, away from the fact, okay, this guy's a fantastic player, after you see that once or twice, don't you really just care about what the substance is, the content is that's being delivered to you? Who really cares at that point? how good of a player he was. I mean, there's a lot of great players that can't be good coaches. There's also a lot of great players that can't be good announcers and broadcasters. They've got to come to the table with preparation and have strong opinions that they've developed by doing the work behind the scenes.
2: Well, and one guy I sort of wish would just go ahead to the broadcast booth, and that's Brett Favre. Um, I mean, seriously, is he's, he seems to have turned into this uh, kind of a media diva Is he just not happy unless he's making all of us watch his annual soap opera?
9: That's how I look at it. You know, most players kind of lean towards Brett and say, well, he wants to keep playing. What's the problem? What's the problem? The problem is he's one of the most disingenuous professional athletes I've seen in recent years. Don't tell me he just wants to keep playing football. He was under contract with the Jets. He could have kept playing football, for the Jets. The Jets have a very good roster. This guy went out of his way to try to play for the Minnesota Vikings, and this is going to happen. I mean, all this stuff that's going on the last couple weeks, it's just drama. It really, really is. And and I, I, you know what? I I, I talk out of both sides of my mouth, John. I'm happy about it because it's serious. We have stuff to talk about all day, every day, but Mm -hmm. I've lost a lot of respect for a player that I liked growing up and even when I came into the league.
2: Now, you listed something else, too, in, in, in one of your articles, and that's best and worst off-seasons among the teams. The Panthers really, I mean, well, they had to be somewhere in the middle because they didn't make the best or the worst list. Um, but, you know, teams, they always talk about every off-season, let's take the next step. Well, we basically stood pat in Carolina this off-season. Is it possible to take that next step while you basically stand pat like they did? I think one of the most important
9: things in the National Football League these days is maintaining continuity with your roster, and that's exactly what the Panthers did. I give John Fox and Marty Ernie a lot of credit. You know, they were 12-4 and 4 last year. When they went to the postseason, John, I picked them to win the Super Bowl. I like the way they were running the football. I like the way they were going after the quarterback with Peppers and some of the things they were doing in the secondary, although they slipped toward the second half of the year. I realized that um, I like this football team. I like them a lot. Uh, and so they brought back Jake DeLome. I know some people didn't like that because of the playoff game, but they're sticking with what they got. They found a way to keep both Jordan Gross and Joyce Peppers on the roster, and they've added some young players that will help. I mean, they added Corey Irvin and Everett Brown to help with the pass rush, and I think those guys will be able to fill that role.
2: Now, this is the last time we talked about a month ago, give or take the Julius Pepper saga did finally play itself out. Thank goodness he's going to be playing on his one-year guarantee. But now that all that posturing and all the sound bites are finally finished, who do you think came out better?
9: Well, it's hard to say because the guy's going to get almost $17 million for one year of football. But I'd say the Carolina Panthers because I think it's pretty evident. Obviously, he's already signed it, which really doesn't make any sense to me since his agent had come out and said, he just wanted to be somewhere else. He didn't want to be in Carolina anymore, but yet he's going to sign it and be there for day one of training camp. I think what you saw is that really it was all posturing on Julius's part and the part of his agent in order to try to get a better contract. And so the, the, the Carolina Panthers kind of called the bluff, and they won um, at the end of the day. Now Julius will still get paid handsomely, and he'll still get a long-term deal at some point, but I think the Panthers proved, They are going to stick to their guns and not allow themselves to be manipulated.
2: And finally, I'll I'll close with this. Um, You're talking about Carolina as... And I I honestly... I mean, I have to agree with you. I think they've got a a pretty strong uh, group of guys there. But if you're game-planning against them right now, if you had to... If you're coaching against the Panthers, what one weakness, if you've got to pick out an area where you're going to to try and exploit a weakness, what would it be with this team?
9: I still think... It, it, you have to look at the pass rush. I, I think that if you find a way to neutralize Julius Peppers, they are very much lacking in that area. Now, that's why they got Everett Brown. That's why they got Corey Irvin. We'll see whether or not those guys to get the job done. But what you see is that people are able to identify where Peppers is and to neutralize him, then that secondary has to cover for a long time. And, and, and no secondary looks good when they have to do that. So I think that they need to find a way. I don't care if it's Charles Johnson finally having the light turn on or, or Brayton or even Damian Lewis. Somebody, anybody, has to help out Peppers and get close to double-digit sacks or at least get you know somewhere between 5 and 10 to at least keep offenses honest and not be able to find a way to d- d- double Julius Peppers a lot.
2: Well, again, we've been talking to Ross Tucker. Ross, of course, a contributor at uh, SI.com. A serious satellite radio host, and he operates GoBigRecruiting.com. Ross, we appreciate you taking time to talk some football with us this week.
9: Anytime, John. I really appreciate the opportunity. Like I said, you guys do a fantastic job at Cat Crave.
1: All right. Thanks a lot, Ross. We appreciate it. All right. Take care. What's on your mind? Email us at CatCraveRadio at gmail.com. Again, that's CatCraveRadio at gmail.com. CCR continues in a moment. This heavyweight bout is about to begin. What's the champ wearing? Looks like an examination gown. And from the back... Ooh, that's not pretty.
7: Champ, what's with the get-up? I've got to take care of my family, so I'm getting those important medical screenings. The fight is over! Champ, you look
1: pretty healthy out there tonight. But I'm still getting those tests. For a list of tests you need, go to AHRQ.gov. And remember, real men wear gowns. Go to AHRQ.gov. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AHRQ, and the Ad Council. We're glad you're along for the ride. Welcome back to CCR.
2: Welcome back to the show. I am your host, John White. You know fantasy football is here. Prepare to dominate your league at fantasycpr.com. Player news and rankings, well, that means it's all at fantasycpr.com. Before we go this week, a topic seemed to take on a life of its own between Tuesday and Wednesday at training camp. The topic? Twitter. We start with D'Angelo Williams. I.
8: See, I don't want to go through like all that Twitter stuff, and then I thought it was banned, and then I didn't know if it was banned or not, and then like some of it's banned, but not. Instead of just going through all that, I just didn't do Twitter at all. Facebook, MySpace, but none of that. I'm not not on any of that stuff. I just, you know, I, I go to my one or two or three different websites, and I'm dedicated to those one or two or three different websites.
5: Have they set up rules for what you guys can do for that? Uh,
8: fan Twitter fan and stuff? No, not yet. I know it's coming, though. I don't really Twitter. I don't really understand. I just, I just send a text message.
6: Are you surprised
8: that Jonathan said Twitter? It shocked me. It did. I, I must admit, I uh, came in his room, and I asked him what he was doing. He was like, I'm tweeting.
10: <laughs> <laughs>
8: Said uh oh okay I'm just gonna go back to my room.
10: <laughs> but
8: I I mean I guess it's like uh the new like text messaging people that you don't really know.
10: I don't know. I don't,
8: yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. I, it's, I guess it's a fun way to meet new people. I mean because. Facebook and MySpace don't seem to be getting it done all these million websites where you can hook up with a hot date or something. So you just Twitter.
10: Musicians. <laughs>
8: right. Musicians. Yes. Yeah. It's I guess it's fun though. I don't I don't understand it at all. Do anybody else in here I bet all y'all tweet right? Oh my god. Oh, okay. So who has the most friends? I so feel like I'm asking the
10: question. Now. <laughs> you the microphone. I don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Anybody have over right? 500?
2: Later on Tuesday, Coach Fox weighed in on tweeting.
6: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, we've just made our guys real aware of whatever they put on there is going to be uh, fair game. So uh, uh, they're aware of it. I think uh, right now the league's got in place, you know, no uh, any of that kind of uh, social. Um, Whatever communication is uh, going to be allowed on game days, so the league's gotten involved, and you know, as far as our team, we've just made you know, didn't have no guys that can't do it, but uh, you know, just be aware that uh, you know that's out there.
5: How often a day do you Twitter, John?
6: Um, <laughs> depends on what you define as twittering. <laughs> <laughs> I better get see assist. To that. Yeah, yeah. that was, good. That was uh, right up on the rim, Darren. Uh, Thank you. you. <laughs> you had to slam that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My vertical's a little better than it was about three months
2: ago. Not much. Now, because the topic refused to die like it should, Jake fielded a question on Wednesday about the social networking site.
4: Reese has been on the internet saying that you're not very interested in Twitter. <laughs> well I had to find I I don't know what this is or what it is and he explained it to me and I just couldn't couldn't fathom why somebody would do that. I mean, like, why would you want to put what you're going to do? I, I, so I'm, I'm a private person. I mean, and as I just, I said, I just don't understand what's the point of it. And I don't know. That's just, let me get too much. I just don't understand the point of it.
2: And finally, not to be outdone, Steve Smith has some thoughts of his own on tweeting.
0: Um, and I'm doing what I do best, sleep. <laughs> so, uh, so Twitter's not for you, well, you know, I don't Twitter um, You know I, I had to read the Blackberry manual Blackberry. To figure out Blackberry uh, So I You know I'm I mess- Blackberry messenger My wife and, and, But I don't really Twitter I don't Facebook You know I know there's a I know there's a million MySpace pages Of Steve Smith I don't do MySpace I never have um, That's too accessible There's too many people that Uh you maybe you went to high school with you know old ex-girlfriends who dumped you now they want you you know that's
10: nah,
0: not doing that
2: i want to thank ross tucker for joining us be sure to check him out at si.com and on sirius satellite radio my thanks to everyone with the carolina panthers for allowing me to be a part of the 2009 training camp i want to say that Everyone, and I mean everyone, from the players to the PR department to the interns, seriously, you are all absolutely a class act. Look, I've been there. I was back there during the days of George Shinn and the Charlotte Hornets. I was there to help with them, and, well, some of the salmonella that I received from their food really didn't sit so well on my stomach. Besides the fact that even just seeing that man in the stands, well, should I get started? Maybe I shouldn't. But let's face it. Jerry Richardson, you are a class act. The Carolina Panthers reflect you. They are you. And covering this team each week, and most of the time, no, I'm not getting a lot of access, but this week you guys have really treated me well. You have welcomed me with open arms and I want to thank you for allowing me to come in to Spartanburg this week, to Wofford College, witness the, the practices, and see everything sort of behind the scenes, get a chance to meet the players. Honestly, I've, I was a fan before I got here. But now, and I'll tell you this as sincerely as I can tell you, now I am really a fan, not only of the team and the uniforms, but the players that fill those uniforms and the people who operate this organization. Again, my sincere thanks to the Carolina Panthers for allowing me to be here for the 09 training camp. And again, as always, our thanks to all of you for listening to us. We hope to be back inside of your listening device next week once again with another edition of Cat Crave Radio. (coughs)
1: In a world dominated by media giants and conglomerates, there is a little show that dares to reach for greatness. And we promise to keep reaching as long as there's someone listening. Never fear, CCR will return. Your Panthers crew will return in one week with another assault on the World Wide Web. All material copyright 2009, Cat Crave Radio.
9: Stand and cheer for
4: the Panthers in our grand old name. Nothing could be
10: finer than to be in Carolina for a Panthers football game. T-A-N-D-A-D-R-A-N-O! Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina for a Carolina Panthers football game.